Thanks for listening to this podcast from Walks Around Britain. For more information, our terms of use, and to click through to see the show notes on our blog with photographs, videos, and links to related sites, please visit walksaroundbritain.co.uk. Hello, I'm Andrew White and welcome to this special extra podcast from Walks Around Britain. It's the 24th of April 2012 and around 200 people are here outside the Moorland Centre at Edale in the middle of the Dark Peak area of the Peak District. And we're here to celebrate the 80th anniversary of an event which symbolised the start of the campaign for the right of walkers to roam across the lands of Britain. The mass trespass on Kinder Scout in 1932. Around 400 walkers from Manchester and Sheffield headed towards the highest point in the Peak District, Kinder Scout, and the contingent from Manchester came face to face with the Duke of Devonshire's gamekeepers, just as they scrambled up to the top of the Kinder Plateau. Several of those trespassers were arrested and jailed on the charges of incitement and riotous assembly in the ensuing scuffles with the gamekeepers. The mass trespass had a far-reaching impact, eventually leading to the legislation in 1949 to establish the national parks and to the extending of walkers' rights to roam in 2000 and 2003. Today we'll hear from a range of speakers, but to open the proceedings is the singer, songwriter, broadcaster and famous walker, Mike Harding. Thank you everybody for coming to the 80th anniversary of the Kinder Mass Trespass today. I'm Mike Harding, or what's left of him. Um, and as a kid, a young fella growing up in Manchester, I ran a couple of folk clubs, purely for nothing, just because uh, I love folk music. And the Manchester Rambler was the anthem that we finished every evening with, or mostly. And you'd see down in the lobby of the little pubs that I used to run the folk club, you'd see a stack of rucksacks, because people used to come from a day out on the hill, leave the rucksacks, come upstairs and have a few pints and a sing. And that was their end to their weekend. They have a weekend out, and they're all working men and women, and have a weekend out in the hills, come back, night in the folk club, and sing the Manchester Rambler. It was the, ambler, the, the anthem of the, the outdoor movement, and it was quite strange this morning to leave Manchester, and I bumped into a lad who started talking to me. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Edale. He said, what for? I said, it's the Kindermass Trespass celebration. He said, what's that? Now, this is a young fella educated in this country, you obviously didn't learn the history of the working class. You learned another kind of history. He's a walker. He was out here in Edale last week walking on that mountain over there. And when I told him the story of the mass trespass, he was absolutely gobsmacked to think that five men would be sent to prison for walking on a mountain that once was common land and belonged to us all. As you probably know in the history books, it'll tell you about the enclosures. This mountain behind us was common land and was used for people to graze their stuff on and to walk on, to dig peat on perhaps. And it was enclosed, a series of enclosure acts that took the land off the people, passed in a government that was entirely run by the upper class, for the upper class, to make sure that their interests were represented, not the interests of the common people of this country. And there's a great poem of the time, it goes, They hang the man and flog the woman that steal the goose from off the common, but leave the greater robber loose that steals the common 
from the goose. In more recent times we've seen another kind of enclosure going on with the electricity, the gas, the railways, the things that were always in common ownership. The NHS is going to start going as well. We've got another band of robbers doing the same thing nowadays. And if I look at the Kinder Mass Trespass as a rallying cry for people, I also see the Occupy movement as a logical child of that mass trespass. People standing up and saying, we've had enough. Enough is enough. The great thing about the mass trespass is, though it didn't actively achieve anything from the word go, it became a symbol. Because to send five men to prison for walking on a mountain, which had once belonged to us all, was seen as a terrible act of unfairness, a terrible immoral act, and it stuck in people's minds. And I think if it hadn't been for the Kinder Mass Trespass, the Labour Party that took over after the Second War might perhaps not have enacted the National Parks Act. May, we may not have had the stuff that we've got now. And I'll tell you one final thing. Tom Stevenson was a dear friend of mine, as was Harry Rothman. I, I, was, I was proud to call both men, or to, to have them, have me as their friends. And I remember Tom Stevenson sitting in my garden up in Dentdale when I lived up there, and we were talking about the mass trespass. And he said, I was wrong. He said, when it happened, I condemned it. And I said it had set the outdoor movement back and that it was a political thing and there were a lot of communists involved. Daily worker readers, not guardian readers. <laughs> he said, but I was wrong. <clears throat> what Benny did, he said it became a symbol because it was so unjust what happened to those young men. This mountain was owned by a fellow called Watt who is the Britannia Hotel in Manchester now it used to be Watts Warehouse in Manchester and he was a great rich landowner and he would allow two, I think it was two tickets each weekend for people who wanted to walk on it. As other people will explain, the battles are not over. But before I introduce the guests who are here today, just let me tell you, the jury that sent the men to prison was composed of two brigadier generals, three colonels, two majors, three captains, two aldermen and a bevy of country gentlemen, every one of them Daily Worker readers. <laughs> and I'll, 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 finish with, I'll finish with a joke that my grandfather told me a long number of years ago. My grandfather was a very wise man from Dublin. And he had two things that stuck in my mind. One is that he said to me, you can always tell an honest politician is the one wearing the pink bowler hat. <laughs> a bit extreme, but think about it. You know. And the other one is a story which a lot of you will know, but it it is worth, like all great epic tales, it's worth retelling. A fellow walking on a mountain and a man comes up to him with a shotgun. He says, what are you doing here? He said, I'm walking. They call it walking. One foot goes in front of the other, that's called walking. If they're together, it's standing still. <laughs> he said, you can't walk here. He said, why can't I walk here? He said, because this mountain's private, it's owned. He said, who owns it? He said, I own it. He said, where'd you get it from? You can't go to a shop and buy a couple of mountains and a river and a lake or a forest. He said, I got it from my father. He said, where did your dad get it from? He said, he got it from his father. He said, he got right back to the first one. He said, well, how did he get it? He said, he fought for it. He said, right, get your bloody coat off, I'll fight you. <laughs> Today, we are honored to have two of the last surviving men who were out on the hill on that day. John Bunting, who's from Sheffield, and George Hay, of course. We've also, got, we've also got Harry Rothman, the son of Benny Rothman, 
Then he will recognise the physiognomy. It doesn't change much in two generations, does it? We've got Jan Gillette, the son of Tona Gillette. And also we've got Fiona Reynolds, who's Director General of the National Trust. Kate Ashbrook, General Secretary of the Open Spaces Society and President of the Ramblers Association. And we've also got Stuart McConey, author and broadcaster, who will later officially launch the Kinder Festival. So, first of all, in the, in the order in which I've got them written down here by <laughs> Rowley Smith, whose organisation has done so much. He's done so much. That's what I've done. And this is his own typing, I've got to tell you, that he's given me here. Open Spaces, spelled S-P-I-C. Thought <laughs> <laughs> I was going to an Indian restaurant at first. So please welcome Fiona Reynolds, Director General of the National Trust. Thank you. Well, I, I did a double take then, because I, I thought I it was running through all the people who had been at the Masters. But I wasn't here 80 years ago. But I was here 30 years ago, in 1982, which was the 50th anniversary, when Benny led us up the hill. And I think lots of other people here today were there, because I've just seen so many friends and colleagues. And I've been chatting away. So it, it's a wonderful gathering and a wonderful time to remember. I was working for CNP then, and we were handing out leaflets for our recently launched Friends of National Parks. I'll never forget that, that day as we, as we went up the hill. But it's also a special anniversary for the National Trust, uh, for whom I work now, because it's 30 years this year since we took on the ownership of Kinder Scout and promised, as we do, to look after these special places forever for everyone. And I'm sure you know this is a complex task. We took it on, I mean, not least because of that famous iconic moment in access history, which I know other people are going to speak about, particularly Kate, more than me, but also for its extraordinary importance in conservation terms. It's upland peat landscape, but it's incredibly vulnerable, damaged by industrial pollution over many, many uh, decades, but also overgrazed with all the challenges uh, that that brings with it. So we have been for 30 years already, and for the future, looking after this extraordinary upland area and wanting, and I know many of you are already involved, wanting your help in making sure that we can get the peat back to the condition that it is, restore the extraordinary habitat up there while still allowing access, which is of course so central to its whole being and to its whole personality. It's now a national nature reserve, um, and very much in memory of Martin <coughs> Doughty, who many of us here knew very well and remember also today, um, but it's also an extraordinary place uh, when I'm sure those of you who go up will, will know already a place where you can feel that sense of freedom and open air, all the things that the trespassers 80 years ago were campaigning for. But I want to close by just saying the most important people here today are not us who are full of memories, full of kind of emotional and passionate about the past, but actually the most important people here today are you. Yeah. Because you are the future now, you're very lucky children, because you know the countryside, don't you? And you go into the countryside and you have the experience. But you know, one in five children today does not get out into the countryside. Too many children are deprived of the opportunity that we take for granted, that legislation has given us. And so for me, there's an extraordinary opportunity now to try to bring that sense of freedom, of fresh air, of openness that the founders of the National Trust, people like Octavia Hill 
uh, fought so hard for, to give that to the children throughout this country. So you're going to help us today to do that, but as you do that, we must think about all the children who, who don't get that opportunity and think about maybe today's challenge is not the right of access, but it is the ability of everyone everywhere to experience this extraordinary beauty that we love so much and for whom we are so <coughs> grateful to the mass trespassers and all the people who campaigned for it 80 years ago. Thank you. Fiona Reynolds, no. Director General of the National Trust. Thank you, Fiona. Kate Ashbrook is the General Secretary of the Open Spaces Society, President of the Ramblers Association, who've done so much for years and years now to fight for access to the mountains, to fight for walkers' rights everywhere. So please welcome Kate Ashbrook. Mike, and thank you to Rowley for organising this wonderful occasion. Great to see so many dear friends, dear campaigners from the past, like John Bunting here, uh, people who've fought so hard. Of course, in the beginning, our organisations, we have to admit it freely, did not back the trespassers. It was shameful when I read my predecessor, Lawrence Chubb, writing in 1932 um, about people who dare to step off the path and who um, want to claim rights. And it, it's deeply worrying that that was the feeling at the time. But I think we've all come round fairly quickly from that. And Mike gave credit uh, to Ramblers and Open Spaces Society, but of course there are many other organisations who fought for freedom to roam. We have the British Mountaineering Council here. We have the Campaign for National Parks. We celebrate the 30th birthday of the Sheffield Campaign for Access to Moorland. We all work together to achieve the Countryside and Rights of Way Act uh, with the, the Freedom to Roam, and in Scotland, the wonderful Land Reform Act, which um, certainly is even better. So it has been a, a truly wonderful campaign, but we must not be complacent. We mustn't treat kinder just as history, as an 80-year-old thing that happened eight, all that time ago. The threats are with us. We have a government that puts finance before freedoms. We in a, are in a time of uncertainty. We don't know what the future is going to be of the public forest estate. We depend on Fiona and her <laughs> independent panel to, to give us the right outcome. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen about the coastal access around England. Uh, the Welsh path is being opened on the 5th of May, but there's a lot of uncertainty about what will happen in England. We don't know whether there's going to be the decadal review of the access maps, and if there is, what it will bring us. We still have no access to much of the land that was mapped as access land. You need to get in there by parachute or helicopter because there's no legal access to it. Local authorities are cash-strapped, so they can't uh, put money into that. Uh, they're pulling out of their rights-of-way services, and we're having to campaign uh, to ensure that they understand the importance of public paths. So we've got the funding cuts. We've got the planning laws. What will they bring? Huge uncertainty. The threats to our green spaces. There is the sale of urban, urban spaces, the sale of public land. What is the future of Stanage, for instance? There is a threatened change in the law to claim village greens. We've got the government's red tape challenge, where they want to cut bureaucracy and probably a lot of the things we hold dear. And we've got the future of uh, the rights-of-way network. What is going to happen about the routes that are not claimed by 2026. We're still unclear 
about what the future is there. And the Country Landowners Association looks set to try and torpedo a government consultation on that with their ideas about promoting the views of landowners against the public interest. So there is a lot to fight for. And the actual threat in the last fortnight, my little organisation, Open Spaces, has been fighting an unlawful four-mile fence across the Brecon Beacons National Park, wind turbines on common land in Boland, a bulldozed unlawful track on a Gloucestershire Common, golf course developments on commons and greens. We've got the privatisation of the countryside, landowners who put up fences, put up gates next to rights of way, CCTV, cameras, local authorities making gating orders. So it looks a pretty bleak picture and that's why there is so much for us to do. And it's not new. I want to pay tribute to Octavia Hill, the founder of the National Trust, but before that, an activist in the then Commons Preservation Society. Because in 1888, she seconded a motion at the Commons Society's AGM about public paths and said how we must protect those little winding quiet byways with all their beauty. They were vanishing and path entrances were concealed by judicious planting, lodge gate or hidden doors and a path robbed of all its charm by the erection of high black pitch fences which have robbed it of all its amenities. We can think of such places still today. She fought for green spaces. She upheld the rights of the urban poor in just the way that 50 years on the kinder trespassers did. Scotland has access laws which are the envy of us all, but these days gaining new access in England and Wales and protecting what we have is still a fight and we never know when we'll need another kinder moment. The kinder spirit must sometime be rekindled in that fight and we all have to work together um, to promote their ideals once again. So we must keep that bright torch aflame, that torch lit by Benny and his wonderful colleagues. We must keep it aflame. We must never forget what they did for us and we must carry on the fight. Thank you. Thank you. to introduce to you the new Chief Executive of the Ramblers, Benedict Southworth. Great, thank you. I'm going to stay here. It's such a great honour to be here today, and thank you, Roly, for giving me uh, the new kid on the block a chance to just say a few words. And so, I must formally say from Ramblers, thank you to Roly and to all the other organisations for keeping the spirit of Kinder alive. Um, Mike is very reassuring to me because he now is what you were saying is that I had the right education because I was brought up in Preston. Uh, from a uh, Labour family, and uh, Kinder was, a, was, was part of my education. It was in the, definitely in the background, is one of those great struggles. And in any movement, uh, the whole spirit of a movement gets crystallised into one person or one moment. Um, and I think it's incredibly important that the Ramblers remembers that we sprung from that movement, from that spirit, from that desire to open up the countryside and to keep it open and to make sure that as we go forward into the next 80 years, um, that whilst we all get a little bit older, a little bit greyer, perhaps a little bit wiser, that actually what we need to do is to, is to pass on to future generations that spirit of bravery and ambition to basically open up the countryside and keep it open because we 
the people have a right to enjoy our own land. Here, here. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you, Benedict. Uh, the next speaker is an old pal of mine, Stuart McConey. It says here he's an author and broadcaster. Well, he's more than an author and broadcaster. Writes a regular column in, is it Country Walking? It is, yeah. Country Walking magazine. He's also, I think, have you finished all the Wainwrights in the Lake District? I have, yeah. He's walked every Wainwright peak in the Lake District as well. A great walker and a great user of the train. Like me, you come on the train here today, didn't you? Yeah, um, my favourite book of his is Cider with Roadies. If you're not read it, you should do, because it's full of great anecdotes and great wisdom as well, if I may say so. So I'd like to invite Stuart, who's got really good tastes in music, mostly, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, officially open the 80th Kinder Festival. Uh, thanks, Mike. Uh, just want to say, I came, like Mike said, I came here on the train from Manchester this morning, and as I was getting off and heading out here, which is uh, very fortunate and you know lucky for me, I saw a lot of other people getting off the train, going into Manchester in their suits and with their Walkmans on and, and going to work in the factories and the offices of Manchester. And that, is, I think, was very significant because what the Kinder Trespass a lot was about was the right of working people in cities. And the, the, the danger is that we think of, we, we sort of gentrify or beautify the countryside sometimes into thinking it's, it's all Beatrix Potter and Little Lambs and things like that. And while there is part of it, it's also a place where working people from the cities came to enjoy freedoms. This is what today's all about for me. It's all about that simple word about freedom. Uh, the, to be a wage slave through the week, but to be a free man or woman on Sunday, as the Manchester Rambler has it. Um, and I think... <coughs> That's to be remembered in the fact that the, the right to walk on these mountains is an inalienable right of everybody in this country. They, these, these do not belong to anyone, or rather they belong to us all. Because let's not forget, we are all in this together, <laughs> but we really are. As opposed to that phrase being used as a kind of sick joke. Mike was saying how the, the, the people who sent the, the trespassers to prison... Uh, were upper-class magistrates, landed gentry uh, and rich people acting on behalf of their friends. How very different things are today. <laughs> um, it is about freedom. It's about the courage of those young men and women who said, no, we will not just be cowed by these people. We, you know, these are our mountains and our hills too, and our kids. And we will, you know, and having two of the original chapters here, I think is fantastic. It's a fantastic privilege and honour to be, even be in the same place as these people. Um, I decided, I thought, um, I, looked, I, th I thought I'll check out what... Uh, Harry's dad, Benny, Benny Rothman's Tasty Music was, by finding it on, I thought I'll look in the Desert Island Discs archive, I don't know if you know, if you know all of the Desert Island Discs uh, archive on Radio 4 is now available to be downloaded at the BBC website, so I thought I'll have a look. I never asked him, which I think is incredible, yeah. when you see the parade of lords and ladies and businessmen who are in there, some of them several times, and yet a real hero of our history, isn't there? And that's shameful. Um, and it is our history. I do think uh, one of my real bugbears at the moment is we see people like David Starkey telling us that history is a parade of kings and queens and the rich and the powerful. This is our history and the kinder trespass should be taught about in schools because it's a part of our history. As significant a moment in the history of this country as any amount of knightings or you know, any amount of coronations. So... Um, yeah, on that, uh, it's fantastic that we're here. He steps now down from Soapbox. Uh, fantastic to be here, fantastic to be here walking literally. Some of you, I hope, we'll be walking literally in the footsteps of the trespassers 
uh, 80 years ago, and it is with great pleasure that I say, I declare the uh, Kinder 80 Festival open. Um, I'm now going to step over here and to join my smarter <laughs> but also booted singing companion and we're going to sing the Ramblers anthem the, the Manchester Ramble but first of all just prior to that can I just say that uh, Stuart mentioned in his wonderful speech the, the history of this country and the fact that it's always been a history of kings and queens and battles and what have you we must remember that the blessed Margaret Thatcher who did wonderful Meryl Streep impersonations <laughs> um, really hated history and didn't want it to be taught in schools. Just a little crumb I'll leave under your brains there to work its way. So as part of our great history of working class struggle for rights, Tolpuddle Martyrs, the women of Greenham Common, the Occupy movement, this song was written by the great Ewan McCall, one of our best songwriters ever. He wrote the wonderful First Time Ever I Saw Your Face, many will know that beautiful song. He also wrote Dirty Old Town, which most people in Ireland think is about Dublin, because the Poles did it and the Dubliners did it. It was, of course, about Salford. A balladeer of the working class and that great series of radio ballads he did, which won the Prix Italia, well, one of them, Singing the Fishing, won the Prix Italia. He was a great writer, a great agitator, and a great songwriter. So this is the Rambler's Anthem, Ewan McCall's song. Hang on. <laughs> I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the hard woman way. I may be a waste on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. Well, I've camped out on Croton, slept out on Snowden, been by the Waynestones as well. And I've sunbathed on Kinder, been burnt to a cinder, and many's the tale I can tell. Me rucksack has oft been me pillow, and the heather has oft been me bed. And sooner than part from the mountains I love, I think I would rather be dead. Let's hear ya. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the Harmoland way. I may be a wasting on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. I was descending just as day was ending from Grindsbrook just by Upper Tor. When a voice said, hey you, in the way keepers do, he'd the worst face that I ever saw. The tone of his voice was unfriendly. I just stood there shaking me head. Cause sooner than part from the mountains I love, I think I would rather be dead. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the hard-worn way. I may be a wayslave on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. Well, he called me a louse and said, think about the grouse. And I thought, but I just couldn't see how old kinder scouts and all the moors round about hadn't room for the poor grouse and me. He said, all this land is my master's. In the teeth of his fury, I said, 
No man has the right to own the mountains any more than the deep ocean bed. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the hard-mulling way. I may be a wage-slave on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. Well, I courted a maid, a spot welder by trade. She was fair as the raw one in bloom. And the colour of her eye matched the blue moorland sky, and I loved her from April till June. On the day that we should have been married, well, I went for a ramble instead. Cause sooner than part from the mountains I love, I think I would rather be dead. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the hard way. I may be a wage-slave on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. So I'll roam where I will, over moorland and hill, and I'll lie where the bracken is deep. Cause I belong to the mountains, the clear crystal fountains, where the ways are rugged and steep. I've seen the white hair in the heather, and the <coughs> curl you fly high overhead. And sooner than part from the mountains I love, I know that I'd rather be dead. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the hard-mulling way. I may be a wage-slave on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester way. I get all my pleasure the hard-mulling way. I may be a wage-slave on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. Best fucking band I've ever had. <laughs> Yeah.